We know Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, and UC Soros, but who will be the next big star of the Nashville Predators today? We are going to look at a couple of breakout candidates for the 2023-24 season, plus the most impactful moves across the NHL this offseason. Today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily nashville predators podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day as always want to give a special how do you do to our loyal locked on pred heads out there the everydayers who tune into every single show we love you guys and we appreciate the support you give us week after week i'm nick morgan i'm a writer at penalty box radio and i have a partner in crime you do i'm ann kimmel i'm a writer at insidethepreds.com all right. An interesting thing from our uh, buddies at Locked On uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, our fellow hosts and us were asked to do a power rankings yeah. uh, for the most impactful moves in the NHL offseason. There is a couple of Predators-centric moves. Uh, the Matt Duchesne to Dallas signing was on there. Ryan Johansson trade was on there. Uh, and uh, the Ryan O'Reilly trade was on there. So we're going to talk about where uh, all those moves land here in just a second. It's kind of an interesting list, and uh, different than I would have ranked them, but we'll talk about that in just a second because that's a juicy yeah, it is a it is a juicy uh it it is a juicy list, friends. Yeah, there's certainly something uh to worth worth chatting about. First, though, let's talk about the Nashville Predators next season. We've talked about a lot of the youth coming into the team. Uh, a lot of young players are gonna get a chance. Maybe some role players from the past few years are gonna get a chance to do something a little bit more impactful. So that got us thinking about breakout candidates for next season uh who are some of the players that we think are going to take that next step towards superstardom uh and i know you and i talked about there's a lot of different ways you can go with this some obvious some not so obvious uh but you and i have picked our one yes we're really looking forward to kind of taking that next step in their career yeah, and this is a very tricky, uh, this is a tricky exercise to do because we don't know what Andrew Brunette is going to do with the lineup that he has. So it's a little bit tricky predicting something like this. I think it would have been a little easier had we had John Hines back for another year, although that would have maybe not made a lot of people happy in Nashville. But when Probably you not. When you don't necessarily have a great idea of what Andrew Burnett's vision is yet, this is a little bit of a tricky exercise. I will say this. I spent a lot of time going through the roster because there is potential for a number of breakout stars. Yeah. Potential and, for a number of them. Yeah. You know, we talk about there's a lot of youth coming into mm -hmm. the team, a lot of guys that a lot of player you know fans have their eyes on but there are also some players who have kind of broken in the lineup the past few years 
yeah. uh, that may be ready for a big role this year. Um, and let's start with you, Anne, because there's, of course, a lot of Predators that made their debuts or came back to the team last year. But you have one in particular mm -hmm. that you are picking for your breakout candidate. I do. I am going with Yuso Parsonen. After much debate, much internal angst, I'm going with Yuso Parsonen for a couple of reasons. First of all, let me just point out as we start talking about Parsonen, this is a diamond in the rough. This is a seventh round draft pick. And we saw what he was capable of last season when he came up to Nashville. Of course, he dealt with injury. And so we didn't get to see quite as much of him as we wanted. 45 games, he had 25 points. There is so much to like about Yuso Parsonen's game that I think he has the potential to really be an interesting piece going forward. And here is why he's my breakout star. I don't think it matters where he is in the lineup or who his line mates are. I think Yuso Parsonen is that good. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, too, because he can be used in a lot of different places. Remember, he made his debut as the number one center between Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne. Kind of wound up being like, you know, a third line guy towards the end of the year, but was equally yeah. impactful there. And I think one of the, the things I noticed about Parson and Anne uh, is just the tool set he has. Yes. Is he really came in NHL ready? Yes, did. There, of course, there's a few things that like he could work on and, and too, but, you know, very good 200 foot game uh, came in as one of the best like two way players that the Preds had in their roster, which maybe a red flag about how the way the roster was built last year. There's a point to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like that's a player who was, you know, I think 21 last mm -hmm. year if my memory serves me right, it was already kind of playing a very high IQ level of hockey. And, and I think when you're that young and you have that IQ that Parson had, you can erase uh, some of like your shortcomings as a player. I mean, how, how good are, are players like Ryan O'Reilly, like not the best skater, but is so smart that he, you know, makes up for a lot of things with just how smart of a player he is. That's somebody that, you know, I think that you so Parson can kind of be, uh, or, or kind of emulate a little bit. And it's interesting because, you know, we're trying to figure out like where everybody's going to land. Mm -hmm. I don't see that much difference between a player like O'Reilly and Parson. And I'm wondering like, you know, if they wind up on the same line at some point during the season and O'Reilly kind of is that mentor towards him. Yeah. And I agree with you. I don't know that it matters where you so Parson and lands in the lineup, whether he is, you know, top six, bottom six, because he's going to be an impact player. If you if he plays less minutes in the bottom six for whatever reason with this roster construction, he's going to be a depth scorer. He is going to be a quality depth piece for the Nashville Predators. He's going to make whoever is on the line with him better. And his game is well-rounded, like you talked about. You think about, you know, his first NHL goal where he just kind of muscled his way to the net to score. And then you think about that overtime Minnesota goal, which I think has to be the goal of the year for the Nashville Predators. Yeah, no, 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 not even close. Not even close. You know, he scores a between-the-leg overtime goal, and then his response is, you know, shrugs like, uh, can't anybody do that? There is just so much to like about his game. 
And the fact that I think this is a player whose performance is not going to um, get better or worse based on his line mates. Like he's just a quality player. And I think wherever he lands in the lineup, whatever amount of minutes he has, this is a player who's going to take advantage of it. So for me, he's the guy. He's the guy for the Nashville Predators to keep an eye on. Yeah. And last year, uh, 45 games, 25 points, six goals, 19 assists. You look at those six goals and you're like, oh, there's, there's nothing much to that. His shooting percentage was 12%, which makes me think maybe he's a little bit more aggressive next year. Those offensive numbers can really take a jump. So what, what's kind of a realistic expectation for you, maybe points wise and you know, I, I don't know that I necessarily see him as, you know, out of the gate a 20 goal scorer because I do think he is a bit more of a pass first kind of guy. But I, I think you're going to look at somebody who's going to have, you know, 40 points. And this is, again, kind of regardless of where this guy goes in the lineup, I feel like he is going to be successful. And that for me is, is the key. Keep him healthy. And I don't care who you put him with. And I'm not even sure I care how many minutes he gets. This is a guy who's going to capitalize on every opportunity. So whether he is a top six piece that really catapults the Predators and, and is a 20-goal scorer or whether he's a depth piece, he's going to contribute and make this team better. Yeah. Uh, very interested to see what his season looks like next year. Uh, there's another breakout candidate that I want to talk about. Somebody that's on the defense that mm. I think is going to take a big step forward uh, next year. Uh, plus, you know, is there a player in Milwaukee kind of ready to become that next, uh, that, that first call up for the Nashville Predators? We'll talk about that in just one second. But first, want to mention today's episode brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, AG. One, you're maybe like me, you want to eat healthy, you want to eat well, but it's always easier said than done. It's not the case with AG1. With just one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water every morning, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, pretty much everything. I get it. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of all of those different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, and instead of just buying all those uh, different things, yeah, you just just need one dose and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your daily cold brew habit. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel facts with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, drinkag1.com slash NHL network to take control over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're talking breakout candidates for the Nashville Predators next year. And, and you mentioned uh, somebody 
uh, up front. I want to mention somebody in defense, somebody I think you had your eye on too, and that's Alexander Carrier. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, and here's the thing. There's a couple of people that you could have picked. Uh, you know, we think Dante Fabro is also going to get, you know, kind of a, maybe a, a new refreshed look under Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett. Uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of young forwards who had big years. And it's funny because Alexander Carrier, statistics wise, took a big step back mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you know, of course, in 2022, he had that. Um, you know, big 30 point season. I think a lot of people were, you know, sort of like, okay, like we, we got a dark horse locked into that top four on defense. And then last year, just nothing really, really went right for him. Just no you know, injuries left and right. Uh, he was snake bitten offensively that led to, you know, kind of a bad offensive number, but you watch him play and there's just so much there. And mm-hmm. there's so much potential there the way he plays, how smart he is, how good he is in his own zone and in transition. I I really do think he's the type of player that maybe with, you know, a coaching adjustment, you know, a different way of playing. This is a guy that can be a legitimate weapon for the Preds on that blue line. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. He made my short list, which is kind of weird, like you said, because when you talk breakout candidates, you're usually thinking like young guy, new experience. But Alexander Carrier has proven in the past that he has the talent, he has the ability to be a major factor for the Nashville Predators. You know, we've seen him partnered with Roman Yossi before and and be very successful Last year, hot mess of a year for him. Bless his heart, you know, but you get a healthy Alexander Carrier and you give him another opportunity. Like you said, this is a prove it season. He's on a one year deal, but I really feel like a healthy Alexander Carrier is going to be an important part of this blue line. And it's interesting because, again, we've talked about this. Not really sure how this defense is going to shake out, but he's another one of those players where I'm like, wherever he lands on the ice, he's going to be somebody who can contribute. And I agree with you, like offensively, let's see a little bit more from him, but there's so much to his defensive game. And and I really feel like a healthy Alexander Carrier is going to be a major piece for the Nashville Predators this season. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, we talked about Luke Shen, how we think mm-hmm. the Predators are really envisioning him as that complement to Roman Yossi, you know, as a defensive partner. And I still think they're going to try to do whatever they can uh, to make that happen. But if for some reason that doesn't work out or there's an injury, the next best option is to try to make that Carrier-Yossi partnership work again. Yes. Uh, you know, there was some potential, I think. And I think also just the thing is nobody on, on the Predators defense got a consistent partnership No. Uh, at any point over the past couple of years. No. Uh, so, I mean, you know, let's, let's slow that line blender down a little bit. Maybe give carry a chance to play with a consistent partner and then let's see what happens yeah I agree with you I love the idea of him with Yossi because I do feel like he's a really good compliment as far as assists and um, even just being defensively responsible with Roman Yossi so it will be interesting to see how the Predators kind of sort this out 
I agree with you though. Let's see some consistent defensive pairings because yeah. last season we did not see that. Part of that was injury. Part of that was just trying to find the right mix. And when the McDonough-Eckholm marriage broke up, it really sort of never got its footing. So maybe the Predators can find their defensive pairings early in the season. And Carrier is another one of those guys where I'm like, wherever he lands, he's going to be a contributor. So if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an important part of this blue line. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because you're obviously all admirals everything, as we can see there by the jersey you're wearing. Um, you know, you've watched a lot of admirals games, you know, last year. Is there somebody on that team uh, that maybe you you picture maybe being like the next like dark horse, like really good call up or maybe somebody that not a lot of people are talking about that might, you know, have an outside ch chance of cementing a spot on the Preds team in the next year or so. I think everybody's kind of looking at Joachim Kamel. He had a fantastic postseason. So he, I don't think, is a dark horse by any stretch. I think he might be kind of the first Milwaukee obvious call-up. The one that I'm really interested to watch is Reed Schaefer. You know, we yeah. got him through the Matthias Ekholm trade with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, got to watch him at development camp. This is a guy who is a really interesting mix of ginormous and finesse. So I'm really interested to see kind of what does Reed Schaefer's season look like? Is he somebody, you know, that's going to really pop off the season? The other one to keep an eye on, and this is a fun one, y'all, Zachary LaRue. Yes. I mean, who doesn't want to watch him? Fun season in Milwaukee, too. Yeah. Milwaukee has a slew of first round picks on their roster. It is going to be an incredible season in Milwaukee. But Zachary LaRue is one. He's going to get his first AHL time this season. He's going to be playing against the big guys. And, you know, I think he's learned a lot in his in his QMJHL year. So, so keep an eye on Zachary LaRue in Milwaukee. Yeah, it sounds like we're also probably going to have the Svechkov appearance as well. Let's go. Uh, so there's, you know, a lot of first-round talent uh, going to be in Milwaukee this season. Uh, and who knows, by the end of the year, depending on what happens in, in the NCAA, we could see a Matthew Wood first professional oh, appearance uh, as well. So a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff uh, to talk about there. All right, well, coming up in just a second, what was the most impactful move in the NHL this offseason? The Locked On hosts... Uh, across the NHL network voted in a poll and we did a power rankings. I have some thoughts on it and I think Ann has some thoughts on it as well. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But first want to remind you guys that locked on predators is your free daily Nashville predators podcast available on all platforms and on YouTube coming up on next week's show, an interesting uh, series of discussions. We have two shows First is three reasons why the Nashville Predators will make the playoffs. And the next episode, three reasons why they won't. So we're going to tackle it with both some optimism and some pessimism or things you want to work on. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that next week. All right, Ann, uh, power rankings. Oh, yeah. In the Locked On Network world. Uh, we recently, as a podcast collective, 
Uh, we voted on the 10 most impactful moves across the NHL uh, this season. Like, I guess the criteria was just like, you know, which which moves are going to change a team's fortunes the most. Right. So, so here's the list. Uh, number one, which I think was pretty close to unanimous mm-hmm. it have been uh was detroit getting alex to yep then number two uh was the kings getting pierre luke dubois three was hurricanes getting dimitri orloff uh and then in order we have bertuzzi to the maple leafs matt duchene to the stars tyler to foley to the devils ryan o'reilly to nashville ryan johansson to colorado and then the last two uh, were Michael Bunting to Carolina and Ryan Graves to Pittsburgh. Thoughts, Anne? A lot of it is really hard to pinpoint because we talk about like, what are the most impactful offseason moves? And it's like, okay, are you talking about how much does the needle move or how close are you getting a team to the Stanley Cup? For instance, Alex Dabrinkit moves the needle significantly for the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. But I think the Stars signing Matt Duchesne maybe doesn't move the needle far, but it pushes them closer to getting a Stanley Cup. So yeah. it's kind of hard to gauge this. Some of these I was like, mm, do you really think yeah. so? Uh in, in some of them I agree with. I absolutely agree with the Debrinket to Detroit. I think that was, you know, just a, a very impactful move. Do I think Detroit is going to be a Stanley Cup contender? Maybe not necessarily, but this changes so much about where they're at. So this is a, a, a significant geographical move. Like they move from point A to point B and there's a long line in between it. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where if you're looking at it based on how much a team has improved, then Debrinket is number one because I think right. having a you know a past forty goal score uh, move, which is something Detroit has desperately lacked for years and years and years, was yeah. just you know ever since Johan Franzen and Marion Hosa, that just that guy that could score you know forty fifty a year. Detroit hasn't had that uh, for a very long time, and Alex Debrinket suddenly. You know, with Dylan Larkin, who's one of the more underrated centers in the NHL with an emerging Lucas Raymond, all of a sudden you're going, yeah, like that's a team that is going to be multiple wins better than they were last season. You know, that takes Detroit from, you know, eh to a team that in the right circumstances can flirt with a playoff spot. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know. They're not, like you said, they're not going to be contender. They may be first round fodder for somebody, but you know, after missing the playoffs every year since 2016, that's probably just enough for this team uh, right now. And, uh, I'm with you. Like, I think, like, in terms of getting a good team closer to a Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. the one that I would have put number two uh, was Dimitri Orloff going to Carolina. One. Yes. Carolina was already one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. And all of a sudden you get the best defenser, like the best defenseman on the market. Yeah. You're going to be like way better than you were last year. Like you're a certified lockdown team. Um, That's one of those moves that I think, you know, takes you just over that hump. And I'm with you. I think that Duchesne move, it is number three, like just giving Dallas that extra oomph on their depth chart 
to move them over the hump and closer to a Stanley Cup. Yeah, the Duchesne move, I think, uh, is a little bit underrated at five. Five's not bad, but I think it, it is a little bit underrated because you're talking about a team that's already really good. Eighth best record in the league last season. They have a top five power play, you know, all the way to the Western Conference Finals. And what you're adding is a, a deep or an offensive weapon who's going to get you, you know, 20 goals and you're adding a piece perhaps on an already great power play. I think Duchesne just pushes this team even closer, which is going to be excruciating to watch my friends. Let's not lie about how this is going to feel inside. It's going to, it's going to suck, but I do think Duchesne moves that needle, you know, and the stars were a great team. They got significantly better, kind of like the Orlov to the Hurricanes. Yeah. Great. Is there a move that's too high on this list? And and I'll I'll lead off and say I, I don't think Pierre Luc Dubois to LA moves the needle that much. And here's the thing: like Dubois, a great player, like mm-hmm. a like a pretty good player. We, we see him, you know, both in Winnipeg and in Columbus. Like yeah. how well he can do. So we know there's talent, but is he like that guy that gives, you know, a team like a surefire superstar, like that just missing piece? Like, I, I, I don't see that. Yeah. And and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe he just pops off and becomes like a 100 point guy. And, you know, he's like the Anze Kopitar heir apparent, you know, so to speak, but it's, it's, I just don't see it as like this be be like, Oh, watch out for the Kings. Now they're they're going to the Stanley cup. This is more of just like, okay, the Kings added another good player. Does that make them, you know, I still don't think they're as good as, you know, the, the Edmonton Oilers right, or or the Dallas stars or Colorado. Yep. It just makes them, you know, just, you know, you know, slight, I guess they have a slightly different player in the middle of their lineup. Now. I don't, I don't necessarily think that moves them closer to, to anything. I agree with you. I think there's still a question about whether Pierre-Luc Dubois, Dubois is really an elite, one of those elite centers, you know, maybe, and like you said, maybe he'll pop off. Maybe this is where he finds that game. But I also think part of it is where LA is. Like you mentioned Edmonton, you know, the Pacific division ain't nothing. So you're really going to have to have a significant improvement to really take over in that division. The other one, and you know, I hate to say this friend because I am nothing, if not a Hawktimist is predator signing Ryan O'Reilly. And, and look super excited about this move. I love what he's going to bring to the Nashville predators. I think it's a really great move. Even when you're focused on the youth to bring in somebody like O'Reilly, I just don't know that O'Reilly is going to move the needle because there is such um, there is such a need for some growth in so many other players and so many other areas. I'm just not sure that it's going to dramatically change the trajectory of the Predator season. Maybe the addition helps them kind of, you know, squeak into the playoffs, which would be great after missing last season. I just don't think that that Ryan O'Reilly um, is a season changing addition to the predators said with love super excited about him 
Yeah. It's, he's the right player, but I agree with you. He's not a player that's going to lead the Nashville Predators single-handedly to the playoffs. You know, it's not like some of those other past moves, like, ah, yeah, the Preds are contenders now. Right. I think he's just sort of there as a complement to what the Predators are trying to accomplish this year, which is just get some of their younger players up to speed. Um, it, it's funny that he was one spot on that list before Ryan Johansson to mm-hmm. Colorado. How do you think that one is going to play out, Johansson and Colorado? I mean, like, it's fine. Like, I, th- I think Ryan Johansson there as, you know, a second, third line guy is probably a better fit for him than being like a guy in Nashville, like, you know, one of the guys in Nashville. Um, you know, at $4 million a year for the next two years, that's a pretty good deal for Colorado. I mean, are we at the point in saying like, you know, having Ryan Johansson there makes them definitively better than where they were last year? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's that's and that's the thing. Like, it's like Ryan Johansson is like such an X factor here. And again, somebody we would love to see pop off. Uh, you know, just just because we love Joey, but we do love Joey, yeah. But I mean, is I I I don't know. I see that as like a, like a, again, like Dubois, like a good piece. But is that somebody that's like gonna take Colorado like back to the Stanley Cup Finals again? That's that's like I think my thing is like yeah. yeah I, I don't know if it's that impactful. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what he does with Colorado. It's going to be, again, painful, like the Duchesne thing. It's going to be painful. Why did they both end up in the Central Division, y'all? But I agree with you. Like, I think he's going to be a quality piece for the Avalanche. Is he the player that's going to move the needle for them significantly? I don't know. And again, like you said, Ryan Johansson what are you going to get? You don't know, but I think we're going to need to buckle up as we watch Duchesne and Johansson, because it could be very painful. Yeah. Cheering for both of them. Uh, we'll just have to see just how their teams. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to see how they go uh, overall. Uh, if you want to see this full list, uh, we have retweeted it at L O underscore predators. So uh, feel free to chime in and uh, let us know your thoughts and where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at PenaltyBoxRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back Monday with an all new episode. We'll see you then.